there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. Hello and welcome to episode two. It's the FAQs, FYIs, XYZs, <laughs> on all things poultry. <laughs> Today we're chatting a little bit about, we gave you an intro last week of kind of everything chicken, so now we're diving a little bit deeper into it. We're going to be debunking some common myths that are going on and also um, just kind of sharing some fun stories. So first of all, I want to get started off by saying that um, chickens are amazing, and if you don't already need them by last episodes, and this one will definitely reel you in for chicken math. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we're going to chat about is kind of chicken language, because there was a lot of different words that we um, kind of spit out in last episode. So um, first of all, basics, baby chickens are chicks. Guineas. Ooh, guinea babies are keats. Turkey. Baby turkeys are poults. Geese. Baby geese are goslings. What about peacocks? They're chicks. They are. Yeah, and then we call them pea chicks. Pea chicks. Or like chickpeas. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I dig it. It is so cute. Uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the chick version of it. When you have a female day-old baby chick up until they start laying is called a pullet. Um, the male version is a cockerel. And then once they hit that adult stage, a pullet turns into a hen and a cockerel turns into a cock or a rooster. Perfect. That's so that is chicken language things. 101. So now, now you can talk like a professional. You used uh, another word during our first episode. Give me a second. It was describing a group of chickens flock no it was a different word oh clutch a clutch yeah yeah clutch a clutch of eggs so when a hen lays eggs she lays it in a clutch a group a gathering oh i've never used that word before i think i made up the word clutch mates because well i think they're just all chicks hey but it fits that's okay all right. Okay, so I have a question for you. This will be fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. What do you think the top five backyard chicken breeds are? Ooh, we did talk a little bit about breeds last time, so this is exciting. Um, what do I think the top five, would you say most popular? The top five backyard chicken breeds. The top five backyard chicken breeds are probably Buff Orpingtons because everybody loves Buff Orpingtons. Um, they're probably some, like, production breed, like, I'm going to say Rhode Island Red. And one should be an Easter Egger. If it's not, then it should be, because (laughs) I really like those. Um, and it's probably, like, something dumb, like a Silky. Um, or even, like, a Cinnamon Queen, or, like, a... Like sex link, some sex link bird, like a cinnamon queen or like a black sex link. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so you got Rhode Island Red, right? Yeah. Check. 
the Plymouth Rocks. Oh, okay. So you can get a Plymouth Bard Rock, or yeah. you can get, they're also white breeds. What's the white? I think it's just it's the just white, white rocks. White rocks. Right? Yeah. And then, of course, the leghorns. Uh, I didn't really know that people did leghorns. They've got brown leghorns, white leghorns, yeah. white leghorns. And then the black Jersey Giant. Interesting. I did not think of that. You I know, did not think that was. P.S. I got all of this off of agriculture.com. Ding, ding. Um, black Jersey Giants were the first rooster of choice that we brought on. And that dude was massive. Yeah. They're pretty, they're, uh, it says weighing up to 13 pounds. Yeah. And then, of course, the last and the favorite, the Americana, or other, some might call them the Easter Eggers, although they are different, but. They are different. Um, they're, they're referring to the blue egg laying chicken. Yeah. That's a good choice. Easter Eggers, I like them, um, because they're really friendly, and that's what kind of pushed us into going into doing Americanas. Right. So, they are a little different. But we just kind of took that true gene down a little bit further. But Easter eggers are a great mutt mix for for backyard chicken folks. Gives you that good variety of blue eggs. And they're pretty, I like them. They have good personality. It's probably because they're dumb as a box of rocks. They are definitely the most <laughs> docile. Yeah. My daughters always used to pick them up. So. Yeah, those are one of those, uh, here, come here, look at these chickens. Because yes. they're really nice to hang out. That's who, that was really fun. So we didn't really chat a lot about owning chickens so much. We kind of started about what you really need to do and how to get the eggs, but it's really a great idea if you want to do that, but are you actually legal to do this? Correct. A lot of times in, um, especially metropolitan areas, they do have, you know, city ordinances and things like that. Um, first and foremost, before you ever think about getting chicks, check your city ordinances. Or literally any farm animal. Yes, exactly. Bees included. Yes. Um, bees and rabbits and animals. Um, but majority of the time, especially in bigger areas, um, you can have hens, but you're, you can't have roosters. Yeah. You know, which kind of goes back into the whole... You can't just rehome all the roosters. Right. Because nobody really wants the roosters. <laughs> Hence why all the farms always have the roosters. But, but brings us back to our another debunking hot topic. Do you need a rooster to get eggs? Heck to the no. No, absolutely not. You need a rooster to create fertilized eggs to hatch eggs. For more babies. But it's not required for laying eggs to consume Ooh, i'm gonna put a spin on it do you know how long about it takes for a hen to lay an egg i think doesn't it uh you're gonna you're gonna catch me up here i think it depends on the breed but generally in a oh she's giving me eyes for the production breeds i believe it's 20 hours oh that's what i uh what is your answer? My answer was 26 hours. 26. Because it is... That makes more sense. <laughs> you don't normally get an egg every single day. Most super huge production breeds say five plus eggs a day or a, a week. week. Yeah, that five plus eggs a sense. week, but it's not usually every consistent day. So if you have five hens, you're not going to get five eggs 
a day. You, if you have five Easter eggers, you're probably not even going to get two eggs a day. Oh, bless them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not, though. You know, but, um, yeah, so if you're five hens, you can get, you know, two on Monday, three on Tuesday, four on Wednesday, and one on Thursday. You know, and the cycle just kind of keeps going of of that. Absolutely. So, that's kind of the fun part about that. Now, talking about Easter eggers, another here here's another debunker. Do um, blue Easter egg or blue eggs, brown eggs, and white eggs? Do they have different nutritional values? No. So this is really kind of a fun myth that I like talking about because I've heard from a lot of people that blue eggs have less cholesterol. And that the green eggs, like olive eggers, are rotten. That's that's not actually true at all. <laughs> it's all because of Charlotte's Web. <laughs> yeah. The I'm, egg was green, and I bet it wasn't. I'm just but, that up. But. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's literally has nothing to do with the outside of the shell. The shell color is one of the last steps that it takes when the whole egg is being formed. So it's kind of like that last toner or ink cartridge that is being put on this egg. So it really kind of matters what your nutritional value is. So if you come over and you get a dozen eggs from me and you see a whole bunch of different colors from blues to whites to browns, dark browns, olives, everything in between, they're all pretty much gonna taste exactly the same because they are all fed exactly the same thing and they free range on the same type of garden herbs, whether I want them to or not, you know, right. <laughs> but in bugs and everything else that chickens do eat. Now, however, if you go down the road, down the corner to Aunt Beth's house, I don't have an Aunt Beth, by the way, <laughs> um, but if you go to her house, they might be totally different tasting because she just feeds her corn. Right. But... Um, that is a good segue into, are you ready? I'm ready. Um, what, is there a nutritional difference in a production egg situation versus a backyard egg situation? We could go as far as saying grocery store eggs. Grocery store eggs. Versus backyard chicken breeding. Okay. Chicken tenders. Yes. Are we the chicken tenders? We are chicken tenders. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just just to confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a difference between grocery store eggs versus um, farm eggs? Absolutely. There's no question. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah. yeah. Um, first of all, I think it's, I mean, it's nutrition. It's what they're being fed. You know right. what I mean? We just literally said that chickens like ours have access to bugs and greens and better probably food quality that I would say maybe factory correct chickens just get them cheaper food on a bulk budget it would be as similar it'd be similar to saying like if you had you know 12 people eating McDonald's no knocking McDonald's they you know they provide sure right but like it's like like a them eating McDonald's for every meal for a week versus 10 other people that are eating a salad today and a burger tomorrow and a smoothie the next day and a bowl of ice cream the next day. The the input creates the output. And when your input is the same every day, then you're going to create a consistent, um, you know, product that's going to, you know, that's foolproof, that's going to happen. 
Whereas... Which is ideal when you're serving the mass millions exactly, of commercial eggs. Exactly. Whereas the, you know, the, the output of the, multi, like, different diet is going to provide a different output. And it's going to look different for every person. Hence, Aunt Beth's eggs versus Leanna's eggs. For sure. Um, there are some basic nutritional differences, obviously, because of what they're consuming. Um, yeah, like extra vitamins, extra, you know, fatty acids. Like the omega-3s. Right. Yeah. The, I think it's something like um, backyard chickens, the eggs from a backyard flock contain almost 20 times more omega-3s than a, a grocery store egg. But it's because of their diet. Well, and technically they do have better food quality, so they will have less cholesterol. It's just not necessarily the only blue ones will have less cholesterol. <laughs> but at the same token, you're not going to get this. Like in my feed store, I provide foods that can do different things. So I have your basic, you know, feed, but then I also have a feed that is made predominantly. It's I'd have to look up the name. That's pretty sad that I don't know it off the top of my head. But it's made with predominantly protein from bugs. And I also have a food. Yeah, I saw that. Made predominantly um, to amp up the omega-3s. So you there, you can get food for your flock that would, you know, fulfill the, initial, the nutritional things that you want in your eggs. Which kind of goes into, like, a living conditions and what this... Um, what is on the egg carton versus what their living conditions are. So this is kind of a long, not really a long one, but there's interesting views on both sides of this. Mm -hmm. So just to dive into this a little bit, if you go to the grocery store and you see eggs that have, you know, these are large grade A eggs. So these are production breeds. They're most likely white. Sometimes they can be brown. And for the most part, they're in smaller cages in a factory to crank out the egg production. Mm -hmm. What we were just kind of comparing the nutritional value. Okay. So then you have um, more of a cage-free. And these chickens are can be in a big, huge warehouse, but they also have nesting boxes that they can freely go up into and do the things. They most likely are on some type of graded floor so that it is still super sanitary for them. Like they're not like just walking around in chicken poo all day. Um, But they're kind of limited to, I think, outside areas for their safety and their protection because there's a lot of chickens. Um, Then we go into organic. And I know you sell organic foods, right? I do. Mm -hmm. But to be technically qualified as organic, your chickens first have to come from organic an organic source. Correct. And then your soil has to be organic. Yeah, it has to be tested and certified organic. Mm-hmm. And then you can't actually give them any other things, period. You can, you have to start them on our, in an art, this is a hard stuff to say. You have to specifically start them on organic feed, like a organic starter, and then go straight into an organic layer feed. Yeah, so. Or organic high protein feed if you're going to have organic meat so it's definitely not one of those like oh we've got extra pasta we'll just toss out because that's just not it's not saying that you're claiming it's organic because you think they eat better than aunt Correct. beth's <laughs> poor aunt beth 
Um, yeah, you know, so that's not really the same thing. And then you have pasture raised chickens, which um, we do kind mm -hmm. of. We do like a little bit of mixture, and in those are primarily using chicken tractors, which means that you have a certain amount of chickens in an enclosed space that doesn't have a floor and you move it around a pasture or your backyard frequently to where they still have access of fresh grass underneath them so that they still kind of have that free range, but they can't actually go visit your neighbor or a coyote. Yeah. <laughs> and just because they're pasture raised does not mean that they're organic and it does not mean that they're non-GMO. A GMO yeah. is a whole different topic. We're not even going to get into GMOs not today. today. <laughs> but but I'm just because a label says that does not mean that that the other things. So you would have to have a whole lot of labels on there if you wanted to be eaten like the chicken of the earth, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think there's even really kind of two different types of backyard chickens because I would consider like farm fresh eggs being more of like the free range type to where I, I do this with our, my main flock um, most of the time is I just kind of let the door open. I open the door to my run. I open the door to the coop and mm -hmm. see you at nighttime. And they just kind of go a little bit of everywhere. Um, so that's that. But I know that a lot of people don't have the luxury of doing that either because they are close to neighbors or they do have a predator issue so that they are in an enclosed run. Mm -hmm. Um Again, I don't really think that there's anything. One's better than the other. No, I think I think it really just kind of depends on personal preference because exactly. I wouldn't want to invest nearly, you know, 20 to 30 weeks waiting for a chicken to have it end up with a fox, you know, <laughs> exactly. for protection. So I think whatever works best for you. And I, I want to make the point too, and, um, and I think that... Leanna and I have this, we want the same outcome for every chicken. We might differ on our opinions on, on different things, but we want the same out. We want every chicken to have a happy, productive Live life. Live its best life. Exactly. Yes. Um, but I want to just say for, you know, clarity that I am not against grocery store, um, like the mass production of eggs. Okay. I, I mean... I think that it gets a really bad rap, but I think that there are a lot of high quality family farms that do this production that get a lot of like crap for it. Can I pause you right there for three seconds? Yes. I want to tell you the story. When we moved into this farmhouse, uh, it had a super huge old barn that was like a hundred years old, right? Mm -hmm. And when we moved in here, it was uh, the original owners was what had this set up. But on the top part of the barn, it was filled with nesting boxes and like big, huge feeder cages from like one side to one side. Obviously, they had chickens, okay? And yeah. I was like, that's sweet. And I think that's kind of what like spun us into doing this whole thing. Mm -hmm. But where I'm going with this is we finally got to meet the original family of the house and we talked to them and we kind of learned what the heck was going upstairs mm -hmm. in that barn, you know? And they said that they had a large scale chicken operation for eggs upstairs. They they were the commercial people. 
Wow. So what they would do every day is they would go and they would collect eggs and then they would hold them in their basement, which is another fun thing that we'll talk about here in a bit. <laughs> um, but they would keep them in their basement and then each week they would drive down to the grocery store and they would supply the grocery store in Peoria. Sweet. They would supply them eggs. And I just, it's crazy for me to think that Pure is a pretty big city. It is. And obviously, maybe like nearly 100 years ago, it, prob- it probably wasn't even that long. It was like the 30s. But that's still pretty close, I guess. <laughs> almost 10 yeah. years away. You know, but um, it's just so wild to think that like our land and our property supplied a city. <laughs> that, that is kind of cool. <laughs> of, um, of eating eggs. So, no, I think you're totally right saying that especially when people get into backyard farming, they're like, ah, grocery store eggs are the worst. Like you haven't been living your, you know, 30 years before doing this yeah, exactly. on grocery yeah. eggs. Yeah. Um, I just think that like sometimes when you know better, you do better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, yeah, I just, it, it bothers me when, you know, people see one picture and that's what they think they're all like. But I would encourage you, the more you know, the more wisdom you have about the industry and then the more compassion you have for um, the people and and the production side of things. And I think you'll learn far more if you just keep an open mind and do the research. Absolutely. Great point. Um, speaking of which, we forgot to cover one thing under laws. Oh, yes. Um, you Can you just... Leanna, can you just take your eggs and sell them to a grocery store now? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, you actually can't. Wah, wah. So, um, and you can't take them to the farmer's market or to... There's a couple different ways that things can be done correctly. Yes. So if you want to sell your farm fresh, organic, pasture-raised commercial <laughs> eggs, whatever the heck you're selling... <laughs> If you want to take your eggs and you want to sell them for eating, you don't need a license or anything special when you sell them where your chickens are. Correct. At your house, at your farm Mm -hmm. is what that means. If you are taking them to the farmer's market, you need an egg selling license, which is, we'll just step one. (laughs) They need to be washed, candled, graded, and then um, refrigerated to... 40 degrees yes, or less. Or less. Yeah. And I don't think like a cooler counts as transportation. Uh, I'm not it, sure it, about As long that. as it maintains temperature, that's the only way it's allowed. Okay. Yeah. So that's the basis of it. Do people do this without all of those requirements? Maybe. Probably. You know, but it's all, it just kind of depends on... <sighs> You have to become a certified egg checker, and if you're not that, then I would highly suggest just sell it to your friends and fam from your farm. Yeah. That's the basics. Yeah. I mean, does anybody really have any negative side effects from doing it? I mean, probably not. It's just, then that opens a whole can of legal issues if right. Aunt Beth got sick. Poor Aunt <laughs> Poor Beth. Poor Aunt Beth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, so... We just talked about storage for selling eggs, but I think the really cool part about this and also these, my antique barn story, is what you need to actually store your eggs Mm -hmm. and how to do it. Yeah. Did you know that you can leave them on the counter? Yes. 
tell me about that. You probably know scientifically way more about it than I do. Okay, so remember in the egg process and the shell was kind of one of the last parts being made and that's why they're different colors, blah, 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 yeah. stuff like that. So the very, very, very last step before the egg comes out, there is a layer of the bloom mm -hmm. that is laid on this egg and that is pretty much like a protector that covers this egg so it doesn't really let in any air, it doesn't let in any bacteria, which pretty much preserves this egg for a longevity time. Mm -hmm. It's designed to keep these eggs until there's enough in a clutch to hatch, okay? So nature is behind literally all of this. Um, but with that bloom, if you leave it on, you can leave it on your countertop without washing it, without refrigerating it. No, if you have a rooster, it's not going to fertilize and you're not going to like crack open a chick. And if that happens, it's because that egg has been in there way longer mm -hmm. in the coop under a chicken. Right. For a way longer time than just a day. Right. They don't magically develop. <laughs> on your countertop. On your countertop. Right. They need a constant state of heat and humidity that's like 100 degrees. Right. So it's not a thing that's really even going to happen. Um, so with that being said, you can put these unwashed eggs in the refrigerator and have them last even longer. You totally can. But what's super important is that you do need to actually wash them before you eat them. And I've had a lot of people, I made a really big post about this on my page a couple weeks about this. And a lot of people said, well, I don't even eat the shell. Why do I need to wash this? And because sometimes chickens are a little sloppy with how they lay and you get all the germs and all the cooties on the outside of the egg. And if you crack it without washing, some of those cooties might end up in your mixing bowl. She's talking about poop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There may or may not have been some pine shavings in my omelet a time or two. <laughs> From not washing my eggs, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that wasn't pepper yeah. in your eggs. <laughs> Building immunities. Exactly. <laughs> but probably also why you should cook your eggs thoroughly. Yes. Um, but no, really. So that's kind of the cool part about this. And if you do wash it, it has to be refrigerated because you have removed the bloom, which now allows air in to age it. And that's when you hear a lot of people talking about the float test, too. Mm -hmm. If it sinks, it's good. If it floats, it's not good. Mm -hmm. And that's just really how much air has been let into the egg. That air pocket that sometimes you'll see, like, if you hard boil an egg. That little indent. Yeah, it's that air pocket that basically gets large and what spoils your egg. Yeah, so... Now, and I'm sure we can get into biology and say like different chickens lay different eggs and with bigger sure. air pockets and that's fine. But for the main part, and even if you do that float test, you still need to then refrigerate those eggs. And in the refrigerator, I mean, gosh, they can last forever. They can last a long time. Yeah. Um, actually, state of Illinois, I don't know if you know this, state of Illinois says that the commercial chicken egg farmer has 30 days to box and 30 mm -hmm. days to sell. I, we should do an Instagram post on showing people how to tell what day their chickens were laid. Have you, do you know that? Oh, that's no, I don't. I have to show you that. Yeah. You, you can tell on the, the number on the box what day of the year your chick, your egg was laid. Interesting. So, I mean, I know a lot of people, I mean, before we had kids, we didn't really go through eggs a whole bunch. So, mm -hmm. if it took a month for them to box and a month for them to be in the store 
and I reached all the way in the back or, you know, or not, but I didn't get to them for another four weeks or so because they are good in the fridge that long. Sure. Dang, that's like three month old eggs before I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess that's my hashtag shop local for the night of tonight, but... I will, if, if I ever sell you eggs from my chickens, it's probably, I probably went out and got them from the coop for you, <laughs> so you can keep them for a yeah. while. It's yep. fun. It's, you know, and now, I think when we very first started doing this, and my kids were like, did you color these eggs? <laughs> I said, no. And, you know, then I would, I'd say, okay, get this egg. And they would say, oh, it's still warm. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it isn't is. Cool? Yeah. <laughs> so... That's always a really kind of fun thing, um, a, a fun learning experiment for everybody and a little bit of science behind that as well. So now that we've talked about washing eggs and um, I, I made the statement of you should have your eggs cooked all the time. When I first got chickens, I heard from everybody saying chickens have salmonella. Wash your hands. And you should wash your hands when you're handling any pet you know, two or four legged, first of all, because pets are gross, but you know, they just got the dirties. Um, so I mean, that's fine, but salmonella in chickens, it's literally a germ. It's not present in every chicken. Yeah. Not every chicken has salmonella. It is a bad bacteria in the gut of a chicken. And so um, and a chicken can even have salmonella, like, on its feet if another chicken, you know, poos and they walk in it. Or on their feathers. That doesn't mean that they've ingested, although you have to be very careful. <laughs> yeah, chickens do like to peck everything. But you um, told me a really interesting fact about how to lessen your chances. Yeah. So if you find that, um, I don't even, I'd have to look up, I'm not quite sure how you can identify um, salmonella in a chicken ahead of time, but if maybe you, just like a good preventative. Then. Yes, absolutely. Um, maintaining in order to prevent salmonella from be like growing in your flock or being in your flock, you need to maintain a very clean water, you know, practice. Yes. Um, that also, if you realize that salmonella is a problem though, there's also ways that you can help basically create an environment that it doesn't like to live or grow. So that would be done through your water source. So you're going to make sure that you're using a chlorinated water source. So that's <laughs> for you I and mean, I. Yeah, on chlorinated a well, water source is city water. Exactly. But I'm not going to haul. I We actually, in our house, we're water snobs. I will, I will fully admit it. That's all um, right. So we actually get five star. We get a bottled water delivered to our house. Okay, I do too, though. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. No, that's and it's not because I don't think my well water is bad to drink. Oh, I absolutely do not like my well water. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, like I said, I grew up in the middle of the city, so it was always city water. That's but true. But now you need, I think it's just, I don't know. I just, I just like it. Yeah, I, and I we only we don't. Oh, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> Anyway, so you need to make sure you have a chlorinated water source, and then you need to basically um, introduce an organic acid. So, in other words, apple cider vinegar. 
something that's going to change the pH of your water. Uh, we could go into a ton of what apple cider, apple cider vinegar does for your chickens, but what basically it does is it gives, it cleans out the gut of the chicken and makes it, you know, not a good place for salmonella to live. And also worms, though. And lots of things, but yes, especially like worms and bad germs. So apple cider vinegar is definitely one of those things to keep handy in your house, and you have to have the apple cider vinegar with the mother. Yes. Also remember, too, that it is uh, a vinegar, so it is going to dehydrate, in a sense. So it isn't something that you want to, you know... Continuously use 24-7. Right. I would would treat, and then I would go back to water, and then maybe two months later, use it again. Uh, Ratio, a good ratio. If you're just maintenance treating, two, I make a gallon at a time. So like two... Milk jug lids to one gallon of water. The cap falls. Yeah, the cap. Um, and then sometimes, especially like in the middle of summer, if I treat in the middle of summer, I usually try to follow it up with an electrolyte just to, you know. Electrolytes re- are not a bad idea in the summer period, though. Yeah, any any kind of heat stress or something like that, electrolytes are always good to have on hand. So we do apple cider vinegar, we do electrolytes, and then we just make sure that our water is clean. And that it is, yeah, always there. Fantastic. I think this kind of covers the basics of our debunking session. There's a lot of common things that we went over and just kind of some things that are fun for like new chicken owners and kind of some things that are like, oh, I didn't know that of maybe old time veteran chicken tenders. I hope you weren't sitting there taking notes because your hand was probably like. Good thing there's a pause and a rewind button. Hey. (laughs) Perfect. Well, if you can think of any other debunking or myths or crazy things that you have heard, be sure to leave us a comment in either our Facebook or Instagram at We Chose the Farm. And we will be sure to feature that next week in our videos. And don't forget, we are brand new. You are listening to episode two, so make sure to talk about what you loved about us. Make sure you're reviewing the podcast. Five stars always helps, but we are small people, small businesses, but big entrepreneurs, so help a sister out, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Where can they find you? We are at the Weininger Farms on Instagram or at WeiningerFarms.com. And I am at Hinkle Homestead on Facebook and Instagram as well. It was fun clucking with you, Leanna. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye.